This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to be talking about something that not always everybody likes to talk about. It's not one of those fun, sexy, ooh, topics. We're going to be talking about taxes, and I need a sound effect. Dun, 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 the IRS, you know, and, and, but what we're going to be talking about is how to keep your money, your money and how to do it in ways that are permitted by the IRS. Let me emphasize that this is not hiding money. This is not doing things we're not supposed to be doing. These are things that we should be doing. And the tax code is set up for us to be doing this. But unfortunately, we don't even know about it. So please join me in welcoming Diane Gardner to our program today. Welcome, Diane. Deb, I'm so happy to be on your program, and we're going to make this fun, believe it or not. We are. We are. I had so much fun chatting with you before we started the program, so I know this is just going to be great. Well, let me tell people just a little bit about you, and then we'll jump into this. So Diane Gardner is a certified tax coach and best-selling author whose proactive planning approach helps clients dodge the tax bullet. Her tax coaching sessions have resulted in a combined savings of over $3,151,006 to date, hard-earned profits successful entrepreneurs and real estate investors would have given the government by overpaying their taxes. Diane is the co-author of the best-selling books, Stand Apart, and Why Didn't My CPA Tell Me That? She has also authored six other books, including Stop Overpaying Your Taxes, 11 Ways Entrepreneurs Overpay, and How to Stop It Now. And she's written a great new book that we're going to be talking about today called 10 Most Expensive Tax Mistakes That Cost You Thousands. So again, Diane, welcome. Thank you, Deb. Well, you know, taxes really are something that we don't want to talk about. And the problem is we need to be talking about them because the tax code is so big and so complicated that for small business owners and for entrepreneurs, we just, we don't have a clue, you know, and, and, but more importantly, you say the words IRS and people are like, oh no, nah, you know, and, and we get afraid, you know, we don't want to talk about it. So the problem is, we do the absolute minimum. You know, we don't want to push the envelope. We don't want to take anything extra because we don't want to get audited. You know, that's, that's, and, and, and we always think, well, you know, I don't know if I should. And we rely on the professionals who are doing our taxes to, to hopefully guide us. You know, a lot of people, unfortunately, or fortunately, do their own. And I'm sorry, you know, that's great that you can do your own, but those tax programs, the software, they aren't going to say, hello, hello, you should be doing this. You know, and, and so the, what, you're in, you, what you really help people with, Diane, is how we can start doing these things on our own. <clears throat> but let's go a little bit further back because I'm always curious about, you know, people and how they get started in this business. Why did you decide that this was what you wanted to do with your life? 
Well, Deb, prior to becoming a tax coach, I was what you call just a traditional accountant. Okay. We helped our clients. We made sure that they filed everything on time. We did a great job. We get in them the right numbers. Right. We did that basic, more than what we call the compliance side of the business. Mm-hmm. Well, that was, it was okay. I wasn't real thrilled with my business. I was kind of bored with it. <laughs> and then the recession hit. Uh-oh. And we all know what happened during the recession. Mm-hmm. Thousands and thousands of small businesses went out of business. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, a whole bunch of those small businesses were my clients. Oh. Because they were in the construction industry mm-hmm. or the real estate mm-hmm. industry or in one of the um, industries that supports them. Mm-hmm. And you'll have those ripples went out. Right. And I sat here looking at my clients going out of business and going, if I don't do something mm-hmm. different, I will be next. Right. You at some point down this line, mm-hmm. I will be next. Right. I had just bought um, a commercial office building the year before at the mm-hmm. top of the market, mm-hmm. owed way more on it than it was due right. uh-huh. it was worth at that point. Me and you know, millions of others, mm-hmm. and knew I couldn't get out from under the building. So mm-hmm. I had better come up with something that was going to be able to generate some revenue, mm-hmm. keep my staff. I didn't want to lay anybody off. Mm-hmm. That type of thoughts were going through my head mm-hmm. and decided that I needed to take the advice of my business coach who said, you need to find a niche and start mm-hmm. working in your niche. Mm-hmm. And you can't just be a general accountant because you're going to die if right. you do. Mm-hmm. And so I started digging and looking and came across um, the American Institute of Certified Tax Coaches mm-hmm. and took their training and went, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Instead of just telling my clients, oh, by the way, Deb, you owe $33,000 this mm-hmm. year or 13000 or whatever that number is, I get to say, Deb, because of the planning that we did, you only owe 13000 mm-hmm. Now, had we not done this planning, it would have been 53000 or whatever right. the magic mm-hmm. number is. And then we get to celebrate the savings. Mm-hmm. Right. And that puts me in a much different aspect of the tax code and I get to I always tell clients that the best thing in the world is I get to be a tax superhero yay (laughs) instead of the bearer of bad news Mm -hmm. I'm the superhero Mm -hmm. and that's way more fun place to work Mm -hmm. than being on the other side of that right well and the tax code is ever-changing you know and and the thing with many CPAs is they don't have time to, to delve into all of the changes. And so that's why it's great to, to be working with a specialist, you know, even if it's, uh, you know, just setting things up and, you know, and, and then filing later is, is different. And, but that's one of the things that you specialize in is the planning stages, you know, as opposed to, you know, we take our box into our account and then we say, here we go, here's everything. By then it's too late. You yes. know, we, we yes. didn't do things. Now, you know, we might be able to go back and, refigure some things, but there were many things that we could have done that we didn't. And that's where you come in and and that's with the planning. Yes, yes. We want to plan today so that when we hit the end of the year, we're set up great. We know that we can harvest the savings that our planning has produced. And we're not trying to do that Hail Mary pass at the end of the year and take (laughs) What can I deduct? What can I deduct? (laughs) Yeah. Throw some depreciation on there. Make a quick contribution to a retirement plan. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to do that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. We're looking at longer range, longer term. I'd like to set a plan that rolls for three to five years. Mm -hmm. 
for a client. Right. And then obviously we have to fine tune it as we go down mm -hmm. the road because businesses change, mm -hmm. the tax code changes, mm -hmm. things like that. So mm -hmm. we're looking at long-term relationships with our clients mm -hmm. and getting to come alongside them and help them implement mm -hmm. because very few people will actually implement the plan themselves. Right. I it hand sounds you this nice, nice, but I'm busy doing this over here. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I hand you this nice, beautiful plan, and you stick it on your shelf, mm -hmm. and it does nothing for you. Right. And so if I can come in and become the implementer for mm -hmm. you, in addition to the creator of the plan, mm -hmm. now we're able to see the results. Right. And that's where everybody's doing the happy dance at mm -hmm. that point. Now, you know, I know that you're located in Idaho, but can you work with people throughout the United States? I love to work with people all around the U.S. I've, my clientele now is probably almost half and half. Oh, okay. Businesses in Idaho and businesses all over the U.S. Mm -hmm. And I've met some of the neatest people through my podcast interviews where right. they've heard me and, and they, what I've said resonates with mm -hmm. them. And then they reach out and we're able to offer them a, ta a free tax analysis that mm -hmm. we do where we can just sit down and take a look at their last mm -hmm. couple of years tax returns and have a conversation. Right. Sometimes I find mistakes or missed opportunities mm -hmm. and we're able to hop in and amend. Mm -hmm. Other times that doesn't happen so much, mm -hmm. um, but it's just a nice chance for a conversation, get to know each other mm -hmm. before we decide if we want to work together. Right. You know, and, and technology is great. You know, you don't have to be in the physical location with somebody. You know, you can do Zoom, you can do all sorts of things. You bet. Yeah. And Zoom is one of my, my best friends <laughs> because it allows me to come right into your office, your mm -hmm. living room, whatever, you know, we're meeting. Right. And um, it's almost the same as being face-to-face. -face. Not mm -hmm. quite, but almost. Mm -hmm. It's way better than just a phone call. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And I would imagine, especially with what you do, it does help to see the, the people because body language is going to be very important in something like this. You know, I can be saying, oh yeah, Diane, this is great. I'm, you know, but I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, and, and right. so, yeah, when we can see each other face to face, it helps. Mm -hmm. It does. And it helps me kind of know if I need to slow down mm -hmm. and maybe come right. back and reword it a different mm -hmm. way. I work really hard to not use a bunch of accounting lingo mm -hmm. when I'm talking with clients, but sometimes I need to rephrase it just a little right. differently because, like you said, their their mouth is saying "uh huh," but their face has got yeah, this deer, got in the, the deer in headlights. Uh huh. Yeah. So then we'll back up and we'll go back through it again in a little bit different fashion, and usually by then they're saying, "Okay, now this is making sense." Mm -hmm. So I, I much prefer the Zoom type meetings as opposed right. to a phone call. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for the most part, people have the technology. Usually, yes, mm -hmm. yes. And well, I love to send out FedEx packages with mm -hmm. a little little email ahead of time that says, you have a package coming, please mm -hmm. do not open it until we're on Zoom. Ah. And, they, and they're just so itchy to get the thing mm -hmm. open. Mm -hmm. And once we get on Zoom, they get to open their package mm -hmm. because I don't want them digging into everything that's in there and just right. totally getting overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I would rather lay it out a piece at a time for mm -hmm. them so that it makes sense and it, right. it becomes an asset, not a liability. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and it can be overwhelming, you know, even, even if we love the IRS and we love paying taxes, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's big, um, you know, and, and especially for a small business owner, an entrepreneur who, you know, 
that part of their business, they don't even really have time to think about because they're trying to make money doing other things. And let's be honest, it is confusing. And, you know, and, and it doesn't help that every time we talk about it, we say, oh, it's very confusing. So then your first thought, well, I can't even try it, you know, because I'm right. just going to get confused. Um, but, you know, and, you know, and we hear, you know, oh, the tax code is this big and yada, yada, yada. Well, yeah, the tax code might be that big, but clearly not all of that applies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's where it does come in to where we, we have to have someone like you to work with to say, okay, this pertains, this pertains, and this pertains. And you didn't even know that those three things existed. Right. Because so often we live in the land of, I don't know what I don't know. Right. And once those lights come on, mm-hmm. then that makes a whole completely difference mm-hmm. in the conversation we can have. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I read your book, and again, the, the most recent one is 10 Most Expensive Tax Mistakes That Cost You Thousands. And some of it I knew, most of it I didn't. <laughs> and, and, and I'll be honest, I really like our CPA, and, you know, and, and hopefully she's guiding us down the right way. But you know, it, it, we have to take responsibility for ourselves. You know, and, and I think that's the most important thing is we might really like the, the person who is doing our taxes for us. We, you know, we trust them, you know, all of those various things, but we're just one of many clients that they have. So it's very important that we are doing these things ourselves to make their life easier too. Right. Plus it's always good to build out your financial team right. and that financial team may be your CPA or, or your tax preparer, whoever's on there. It might consist of an attorney. Mm-hmm. It hopefully will now consist of somebody who's going to give you some tax advice. Right. Mm-hmm. Those types of people working in conjunction with each mm-hmm. other make you and your business stronger, right. more profitable, and you'll pay less tax. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. So it's interesting when I was reading your book because, you know, and, and I said this at the start of the program, these, you know, the, these methods that we're talking about are fully legal. They're fully allowed. You know, don't anybody think, oh my gosh, I can't do that. We're going to be hiding money and I'm going to get arrested. Um, you know, we all know that that sometimes tax code is the only way people can, you know, they can catch people like Al Capone, um, <laughs> you know, and, and things like that. So these are all things that are permitted. But again, we don't know about them. So I'm, I, you know, I wrote down some things as, as I was reading your book and things that, you know, just, it was like, the light bulb went on and, you know, and, and was like, really, you, we can do that. And the first one was your children. Now I don't have kids. And so this is probably why it never even came close to, to, um, you know, to, to uh, even you know, me thinking about it. But I love the fact that there are ways that you can hire your children and, and it is fully allowed and, you know, and, and there's many benefits to it. So, you know, let's, let's just kind of go through some of these. And I'm just going to pull some out of the air. Feel free to, to, you know, to tell me some more. The first thing was that you can start paying them a salary at seven. I mean, I always seven thought it was like 16, 18, seven. You can pay a seven-year-old. According to the IRS, mm-hmm. and that came through from some court t- um, mm-hmm. cases that went through, mm-hmm. they determined that seven years old was a legal age. Now, at seven, they're not going to be doing your invoicing and stuff like right. that for you, yeah. but there are some things mm-hmm. in most businesses mm-hmm. that a seven or an eight-year-old can do. Right. If nothing else, they're really cute to use in your marketing at that age. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, yeah. they do have to be business related. I mean, you know, you're not paying them to do the dishes unless you are a restaurant you know, or, or something like that. But, you know, I, I love that. And, and one of the other things that, that you talk about with kids is that when you pay them, 
You pay them with a check. So it's not money going into their piggy bank and and it's going into their account. So it has Mm -hmm. their name on it. And you know, one of, of course, one of the the really important things that, that many people should consider when they're doing this is it can already be a retirement fund or more importantly, one of the five to nine funds to start, you know, putting money away for their college education. Or even a Roth IRA. Right. Can you imagine if you started dumping money in a Roth for a young child, mm-hmm. and let's say you put money in it for five or six or seven years as they were working in your business, mm-hmm. and then maybe the kid can't afford to put anything more in it for the next 10 or so because right. they're going through college, they're getting married, having kids and stuff, and then they can start contributing again. Can you imagine what they'll have at retirement right. time? Oh, yeah. Just with the power of growth over that number of years. Mm-hmm. And it would come out tax-free. Mm-hmm. Not only the principal, but all those earnings over all those mm-hmm. years. So right. a wonderful, wonderful uh, planning tool for a younger person like mm-hmm. that. Right. You know, and, okay. and it is kind of hard, I'm sure, you know, where you're saying, okay, you know, little Billy, you've earned $100 today, and I'm putting $100 away from your school. And they're like, well, uh, wait a minute. What about I, me? Yeah, yeah, I, mean, go, I have a new toy I want to buy or, or something like that. So, you know, it. Are there ways that you can split it? So say $90 goes into the Roth IRA and and they get $10. You bet. Yeah. Because what you can do is you can put it into their bank account, whether it's Mm -hmm. a savings account or whatever type of an account. And then from there, you make the transfer into Ah, whatever vehicle it's going to go into. Mm -hmm. So you bet. But I'm going to back up just a little bit. If we're going to be working, having our kids work Mm -hmm. in the business, we want to make sure that they're doing a job that is safe for them to do it at right. their age, mm-hmm. but that we're recording it with a timesheet. Mm-hmm. So we have proof that they actually mm-hmm. worked those hours. Mm-hmm. We're paying them a wage that would be comparable to what you would pay some other young right. person. We're not paying them $100 an hour. Right, right. Yeah, they're not getting executive salaries mm-hmm. or anything. Uh, so we're, we're doing the things that it, if it was ever questioned by the IRS, mm-hmm. We can show that they are legitimately working in the business. We've kept our records. We've got mm-hmm. good record-keeping system. Um, the money has gone into their account. It did not go into my account or your account. It went into their account. We cut it. We paid it by a, a real payroll check mm-hmm. or direct deposit, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So they have been treated no differently than any other employee, mm-hmm. which now helps pass the IRS test of, is this legitimate? Right. And that's a big hurdle that we want to be thinking Mm -hmm. about that we're not shortcutting Mm -hmm. and just taking 50 bucks out of my pocket, handing it to my daughter and said, here's your pay. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work as a deduction. No, no. Yeah. So, and then good news under the new tax law, the first 12,000 ish dollars that they earn is not taxable to them. Mm. So it's a great way to funnel money from your higher income level down mm-hmm. to their level at potentially zero. Great. So if you've got a college student or a high school student who comes in and works in your business during the summer, mm-hmm. there's probably not going to earn more than $12,000 in a summer. Right. Mm-hmm. So you could potentially move it from maybe 24, 25% tax bracket down to zero. Right. And it's money you would have given them anyhow. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, it makes because it they would have said, you know, hello, going to the mall, you know, yes. doing whatever. And Hand is out. I need. I yeah. want. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and it is important that they are doing the work. You know, yes. we're not saying you're you're just faking it. You know, it, because it, they need to learn to do the work. I mean, you know, this is this is something that you're teaching them. Um, you know, it's skills that they're learning, and some of it might be 
you know, who knows what it is? Um, you know, it could be things like, uh, you know, say you're getting ready to go to a special event and you're a sponsor. And so you're doing 200 goodie bags. They can help mm-hmm. stuff the goodie bags, you, um, bet. you know, and, and, and so uh, what I, what I'm trying to ramble about here is that we're teaching them to be responsible also and to do, you know, some of the job duties and, and, you mm-hmm. know, I, yeah, I, if I had a kid, there would be things that I could have them do. You bet. And we're teaching them the value of money. We're right. teaching them work ethic. Mm-hmm. Plus we're putting something on a resume for them mm-hmm. for down the road. Right. It they counts. Start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so oh, yeah. dropping something on that resume mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. So all those things over and above just the tax planning mm-hmm. opportunities. Right. And again, it's seven and up. That just baffles me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why they chose seven, who knows, but the IRS did. Right. Yeah. yeah. Seven is kind of an odd. I, well, for, for many, I guess that's what, first grade maybe? Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So the poor kindergartners, they're out of the loop. But yeah, once, right. once yeah, you got to hold off. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and so, yeah, I mean, that just, that fascinated me. And, and, you know, if, if anything, you know, if, if people listening or, or watching, that is something to, you know, that, that you should really keep track of. Now, you know, we're talking about children, but what if it's grandchildren, nieces, nephews, you know, somebody or like flip it around. What if it's parents? Right. What yeah. if so you a family member in time where we might be helping our parents mm-hmm. down the road? Right. Is there something in your business you could help that parent with mm-hmm. who may be surviving on just Social Security mm-hmm. or Social Security and a small little pension of some sort? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I did this for years with my own mom in my business. Mm-hmm. She couldn't make it on just her Social Security. Mm-hmm. So she came in and she folded newsletters. She mm-hmm. typed down files. She took out the trash. Mm-hmm. She did stuff like that around the office mm-hmm. and she got a paycheck for it. Right. It's money I would have given her anyhow after mm-hmm. tax deduction, mm-hmm. moved it to a pre-tax deduction by having her come in the office and do these little things. Mm-hmm. So it's a great strategy for any family member that you're potentially helping out. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a you know a child, a parent, a niece, a nephew, an aunt, an uncle, any of those types of things, it's a great way to help your family. Mm-hmm. And potentially bring that money from an after-tax deduction into a pre-tax deduction. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is a win-win for everybody. Right. Now, does it need to be a family member? You know, what if it's the neighbor kid? And it, yeah, definitely. As long as you hire them in your business. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, as, as you said, do all that paperwork. So you're going right. to have, you know, now whether they're 1099 or W-2s, you know, and, and you know, that's, that's a different discussion because there are, you know, different things with that. But, you know, it, they need to be treated just like they were a 25-year-old employee. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Great. Yes. Well, now, one of the things that, you know, I, I've always been fairly conscious of are the, the tax deductions and things that are allowable for home offices. But I think many people don't quite understand that concept. And so, you know, let's let's talk a little bit more about that because I've had people who have said, you know, you you're you have one book in your office that's not business related. Nah, doesn't count. Um, you know, or you're you're working at your kitchen table. Um, all of these various things. So w- let's let's start with: Is there a definition, or what qualifies according to the IRS as a home office? So what, Deb, what makes it qualify is that we use it regularly okay. and exclusively for okay. business. Mm-hmm. And that's where people sometimes fail. They'll have the spare bedroom, mm-hmm. but it'll have a bed in it. Right. And when the grandkids come over, they sleep in that room. Mm-hmm. And so they can fail the test that way. So mm-hmm. I always tell my clients, 
if you're going to use the home office, you set it up and you take a picture and there is no bed in that picture. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, or it might be a photon, but yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. We make sure that we, that we definitely have set mm-hmm. up a space that does not have to be a whole room. Yep. It can be a corner of the house. Now, the kitchen table doesn't work well because it, we can't pass the right. You yeah. should probably have a meal there on occasion. Yeah, at <laughs> least once in a while. Find the table and serve some meal. Ah. Yeah. But it is a very misunderstood deduction. Mm-hmm. When I first started out in the tax world, anybody who claimed a home office was almost guaranteed of an audit. Mm-hmm. Right. And that so was for, that was one of those red flags. Yes. Yeah. For many, many years, even after they fixed that, many, many years, accountants were saying, you can't take a home office. Mm-hmm. You just increased your risk for an audit. Mm-hmm. Well, the IRS came out with a new safe harbor rule a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And so now we've got all kinds of people taking home office. Right. But where it gets really confusing is somebody like maybe a real estate agent mm-hmm. who might have an office in the broker's office mm-hmm. where they go in and they do some paperwork, but the majority of what they do is at home. Right. At home is where they keep their records. It's where mm-hmm. they make their calls. It's where they mm-hmm. um, have their files. That kind of stuff is at home. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes they think that just because they share an office or they rent an office at the broker's office, mm-hmm. That they can't deduct a home office when, in fact, you generally can. Okay. You just have to be the place where you do your administrative type work. Hmm. So another case might be a doctor. Mm -hmm. He might have an office at some Mm -hmm. other place where he sees patients, Mm -hmm. but all of the administrative part of the work is done at home. So kind of play that out in your head with some other industries Mm -hmm. that might have a home office where they do their Mm -hmm. billing, Mm -hmm. they do the receivables. Mm -hmm. They do their their bookkeeping or whatever. Mm-hmm. Any of that kind of stuff is done from home. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is potentially done someplace else. Mm-hmm. Right. And we've had a several court cases that have actually clarified that. Mm-hmm. And so now we know that, yes, in that situation, a home office is still deductible. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and one of the trends, you know, in, in the last uh, several years is the shareable space that you can rent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so you can go in and, and they've got, you know, desks, they've got conference rooms, they've got whatever. Um, a lot of people use those because then they have a physical address. They might have a, somebody answers the phone, things like that. But again, they still might be doing 90% of their work at home. You bet. Yes. Yeah. They just need that physical presence to lend some credibility Mm -hmm. or it's a quiet place to go do their writing Mm -hmm. or whatever it is that they do. Mm -hmm. But I bet you their record keeping in that part of it is done at Mm -hmm. home. And right. so they would still have their home office. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I love that it doesn't necessarily have to be a separate room. You know, normally it, it is your spare bedroom, right? Everybody has one of those. Um, and, but you might not. I mean, you know, you might have people in, in all of your bedrooms. So if you have a, a desk in the corner of, say, the living room that that's all you use it for, that counts as a home office? It can count. We pick up what that square footage is and we can take that as a home office. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. And it is figured by square footage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Take the picture. So we've Mm -hmm. got it all set up. Right. And I tell clients, you know, take a picture and print it off and put it in a file because if you're ever questioned, the first thing we want to be able to show that IRS agent is, here's my picture. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do have a home office. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and... There's other deductions that you can take, um, you know, and, and is if you home office, and that always gets a little 
questionable for me, um, you know, and, and obviously they they change and, and things over the years. But I remember many, <clears throat> many, many years ago <laughs> when I was a little kid and a Girl Scout, my mom held all of our Girl Scout meetings at our house. And so that was, you know, once a week, you know, all sorts of things. And now, granted, this really was quite a few years ago. And so things have may, you know, may easily have changed, but she wrote off on her taxes, some things like toilet paper, some of the electricity, some of the things that we used for our scout meetings, she was able to claim as a deduction. Right, right. And that would be more on your itemized deductions, your out of pocket volunteer expenses. Ah. Mm -hmm. the area that she was probably Mm -hmm. using. Right. But one of the best things about a home office is what it does to your mileage. Right. For those of us like myself who come to an office to go Mm -hmm. to work, Mm -hmm. um, my business mileage starts once I've arrived at my office. Ah. Mm -hmm. From my office out to a client or Mm -hmm. out to a meeting and back is deductible, but from Mm -hmm. home to the office is not deductible. That's considered Mm -hmm. commute. Mm Mm-hmm. And so for those who have a home office, your business mileage starts when you step outside your front right. door. We're commuting everywhere. Yes. Well, you're not commuting. You have no, business. Commuting. That, yes. Commuting is yes. the key word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's really hard is I've got a few clients that from home to their office is maybe it's 30 or 40 or 50 miles, mm-hmm. but from home to a client or a customer, it might only be five or 10. They lose those miles because right. they would have to drive to the office and then back to the customer. Mm-hmm. Right. So those those get really confusing for mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and mileage is probably one of the things that I've, you know, always had discussions with. And I, I keep really good track. Um, you know, and, and, and it's funny because, you know, once we move to Atlanta, I drive a lot. I mean, Atlanta's big, so I drive a lot. And, you know, so I, I keep track and, and if I deviate, especially for personal, you know, so if I go off here, you know, drive two miles out of the way, I make sure that's, you know, all those various things. Um, but I remember, and, and this has happened more than once where I have told people that I keep track of my mileage and I claim it on my taxes and they've said, God, isn't that a waste? I get several thousand dollars back every year, every year, (laughs) because I keep track of my mileage. Yes. For 2019, it's 58 cents a mile, Mm -hmm. just using the standard mileage deduction. Mm -hmm. That's huge. I've got clients that are Mm -hmm. getting probably four and $5,000 off of their taxes as a result of tracking Mm -hmm. those miles. So is it worth it to track it? You bet. Especially today where you've got an app on your phone. Mm -hmm. It's so easy. You don't even have to pull up the little calendar yeah. book and handwrite it in. Uh-huh. You just yeah. hit the app on the phone. It it tell it's satellite driven, so it knows when you start. It knows when you stop. Yep. It knows where you were. It knows how many miles you drove, mm-hmm. and it makes keeping that mileage log a whole lot easier mm-hmm. than what it used to be. Right. Yeah, because you know we used to have the physical one, and we wrote it all down and and all of that. And I'm still a little backward. I don't use the app. I still compute stuff, but you know it's I still it's you know based on my computer. And and of course the nice thing is I know okay from <coughs> my home office to client A, it's 13 miles. Well, I have to refigure that every time. Right. <laughs> I just know it's 13 miles. Yeah. Yeah, I do a lot of that myself because I go to the same places. Mm-hmm. And so you just know what those amounts are right. and, and um, calculate it. Mm-hmm. And depending on the type of business that you're running, 
you're either going to just take it as a deduction on the mm-hmm. tax return or you're going to have the business reimburse you for it through right. an accountable reimbursement mm-hmm. plan. So just different entity types have it handled a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and for some businesses, they're actually using their vehicle as part of the business. Yes. You know, they're delivering, they might have signage on their vehicle, you know, all these various things. And, and it's funny, I have a friend who, who has signage on her vehicle. And I remember now this was, you know, again, several years ago, she was told it needed to be permanent signage. You know, so that she was always, her car is advertising all the time, as opposed to the magnets that peel off. Um, and, you know, it, it, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's very interesting, all the things that just pertain to your car. Mm-hmm. Well, and actually the, the magnet ones work just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, IRS says they're great. But the only part you're able to write off in that instance is the cost of the signage. Right. Whether it's magnet or permanent. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you put signage on your car does not mean 100% of your miles are business. Right. Yeah. You know, even though you're advertising as you're driving around. Right. No. Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that doesn't count. But we do have a whole, several different industries out there where their cars or their trucks are Mm -hmm. out constantly. They're doing service calls, technical Mm -hmm. calls, installation calls, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Generally, we handle mileage different in that situation, Mm -hmm. especially if there's more than about four or five vehicles in the company. Mm -hmm. And we'll put them on a depreciation schedule Mm -hmm. and we'll track the actual costs, Mm -hmm. usually by vehicle, so we know what it's costing Mm -hmm. them to operate each vehicle. It gets into a little bit more record keeping Mm -hmm. than just keeping track of your miles. But but yeah, if they're exclusively using that vehicle for their business, you know, they're not driving it to the mall, they're not doing whatever, you know, I would imagine that you could include things like new tires, maintenance, all of those various things. Yeah. And then if that vehicle has a gross vehicle weight, GVW of over 6,000 pounds, it gets handled differently on a depreciation Ah, schedule than if it's under. Mm-hmm. And so my clients more in the construction industry where they have trucks and stuff. Mm-hmm. We're always making sure now when you buy that next truck, it will be over 6,000 GVW, right? Yeah. yeah. And It'll yes, be ma'am. Bigger, you know, and so. But. Yeah. So then we make sure that they're doing that because it's a huge difference depreciation wise for them. Right. So all these little, little tentacles mm-hmm. that come out of one little topic. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, you know, it, like I said, I'm, I'm, you know, when I start talking to people about vehicles, they're always just amazed. Um, you know, or they'll tell me, I don't drive that much. And, right. and, it's like, and, and so I, I tell them, keep track for a month. Mm-hmm. You know, if you keep track for a month and it really wasn't very much, then, you know, maybe, maybe not worth it. But, you know, my guess is you're going to drive far more than, than you thought. Um, you know, and, and I love the fact that there are also different ways to compute it. You know, you can, you can do an average. You can do all sorts of things. You know, a, your book explains all of this. And then, of course, I thought, no, no, that's why I hire somebody to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, as long as you have your miles, then we can do the other part for you. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So are there any other home office things that, that many people just completely miss? I think we've covered the biggest one is the mm-hmm. actual expense itself. Mm-hmm. So by taking a home office deduction, we're able to deduct a percentage of either the rent or the mortgage interest mm-hmm. right. and the property taxes. Mm-hmm. Now that becomes a bigger issue than it used to be because under the new tax law, you're on your itemized deduction schedule, you're limited to $10,000 for property taxes and other types of income mm-hmm. taxes. Mm-hmm. And so, so somebody who 
lives maybe on the East Coast where the property taxes are considerably higher mm -hmm. is losing out part of their property taxes, we can take some of those over on the business through the home office. Mm -hmm. And right. then they don't lose quite as much. Mm -hmm. So just a little side, mm -hmm. side note there. Yeah. You know, what about things like your internet access? Um, you, bet. you know, all of those things can, now obviously, especially if it's a home office, unless you have a dedicated line, you know, can you do a percentage? Yes, yes, yeah. We do a percentage of internet. Mm -hmm. uh, their cell phones will come into play with mm -hmm. a percentage of their cell phone. Mm -hmm. So it's, and that's kind of on a case by case. Trying right. to figure out about mm -hmm. how much use is personal versus business. Mm -hmm. Right. And then take those percentages accordingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like my cell phone. You know, I, I, it, is, it is my business number. It is the number that I use, you know, on, on everything. And my voicemail says, hello, you have reached the Office of Wise Women Communications. Um, and do I use it for personal? On, you know, yes. <laughs> but you know we in a in a bit in an office you make personal calls too yeah, um, yeah. but but yeah so it's just kind of one of those things to be thinking about well and thankfully the irs has taken away that the requirement that none of us ever met that we were supposed to keep a log for every one of our calls made on our cell phone unless yeah, right. you're an attorney you know attorneys keep track of minute by minute <laughs> right yeah but they did they did away with that which mm -hmm. makes much nicer because I don't have anybody in any of my clients that ever kept that log up. Right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, even if you're using it for business, you're probably still going to chit-chat a little bit about personal, and oh, so yeah. that gets very complicated. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, the several other things that, that I picked up when I was reading your book, uh, you know, obviously, I think probably the biggest thing was, mm, I need to have somebody like Diane help me. Uh, because there is, it's just very complicated. But you know, one of the the things is, you know, what type of business are you? You know, and and I mean that as in, you know, are you an S corp, a C corp, an LLC? You know, all those various things. And you know, I've had guests on my program before. You know, that is one of the things that that we always talk about when you're starting your business is you absolutely need to become an official legal entity for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, in many cases you need to talk to an attorney, all those various things, but you know, it, for, for many people, when we we're just starting out, we took the easiest way. Mm -hmm. And so in your book, you talk about the fact that the easy way might not still apply. So because tell us a little bit more about that. You bet. Because sometimes you, well, I won't say sometimes, most of the time, mm -hmm. over being in business for several years, you will outgrow that beginning entity type. Right. And what started out at the beginning was nice and easy and it mm -hmm. worked and everybody was happy, now starts costing you money. Mm -hmm. And I'll use the example of a sole proprietorship or a mm -hmm. single member LLC. As we get going down the line and we're starting to make some profit, we can be overpaying self-employment tax by thousands and thousands of dollars and not even know it. You're just right. wondering, like, oh, my tax bill is so high. Uh -huh. Grumble, 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 write right. the check, move on. Mm -hmm. And not even realizing. So I've had clients that we've, when we did their tax plan, we realized they were overpaying their tax by twenty or $30,000 mm -hmm. a right. year because they were in the wrong entity mm -hmm. type for where they are today. Right. Right. And so let's we, be honest, IRS isn't going to say, no, 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 here, we're no. sending you money back. You, know, right. you give it to them to keep it. And what's funny is the governmental accounting office publishes every year a figure that they estimate, and I think it was something like the point of like $2 billion is overpaid in income tax every year. Right. They'll say that. 
but they mm-hmm. won't tell you that you are probably overpaying your taxes. Yeah. Well, and, and again, it's because we get confused because we don't want to rock the boat. You know, we right. don't want to test anything. It's, it's so funny. Before we started the program, I was saying that I had gone and gotten my hair cut today. And, you know, hmm, maybe I could claim that as a business expense. Now, you know, part of what I do is clearly this, you know, it's my image, you know, and, and if I looked, you know, unkempt, all these various things and people might not watch me, especially a program, a business program. But those are kind of some of those iffy areas, um, you know, and, and, but, but yeah, there are things that we do need to consider. Um, I know people who, you know, the, uh, for example, public speakers, their wardrobe, you know, and, and, and they, they only wear those clothes when they're speaking. So basically it's like buying an office supply instead, yeah. you know, it's, it's a suit. It and becomes you know, people their don't uniform. even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes their uniform. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's what they that's what they wear when they're speaking. Right. And so in that case, then it potentially is deductible. Mm. Where you and I, if we were to go out and buy a suit, uh-huh. it may not be deductible right. because that's not something we would use in the general course of mm-hmm. our business. Right. So the IRS says it has to be necessary and ordinary for the mm-hmm. industry and the type of business that you're in. Right. Which now is I, a wide interpretation. Yeah. I I couldn't just go out and get a bunch of polo shirts with my logo on them and you know. Yeah, well, maybe I don't know. You know it's, you and might. yeah, you might under advertising and marketing. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and and I think yeah. that is where it gets tricky. Is there are different ways to categorize things. Um, you know, business meetings are are kind of those those big iffy things. You know, is food consumed at the business meeting? You know, did you have to pay? You know, like say a chamber of commerce. Um, you know, you had to pay thirty bucks to attend. Well, okay, but you ate there, so does that mean you have to write off $10, all those various things? Well, a lot of that goes back to did they break it out on the invoice? Aha. So if it just said 30 bucks, I get 30 bucks. Generally speaking, yeah. Oh, okay. Now, I won't say for sure, but generally speaking, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and and obviously, it it depends on the event. You know, if if it's a truly a business meeting, so maybe they do once a month, they do an educational seminar you know, good example. That, that is pretty justifiable as a business thing. If it's, hey, they've done a casino night, eh, <laughs> maybe yeah. not. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because under the new tax law, things like entertainment are mm-hmm. no longer deductible. Right. So then it does that fall into the entertainment mm-hmm. realm or is it still a business meeting? So as you're planning your own events or any of your listeners are planning an event, we want to make sure that whatever type of event we plan, we make sure that there's some business chunk in there right. somewhere mm-hmm. so that we can deduct the evening or the or whatever the event right. is. Yes, we might feed them mm-hmm. because you know, we brought them in over the lunch hour, during mm-hmm. the dinner hour, or something along those lines, but we've talked about our business, we've talked about marketing, taxes, we've talked about something. Mm-hmm. And we've been... And we've prepared an agenda that they may or may not see, but we've mm-hmm. prepared an agenda right. that we have in a file mm-hmm. if it's ever questioned. Mm-hmm. Right. That this is what we did. Here's what we talked about. Mm-hmm. And keep that business flavor to it always. Right. Well, and even in, say, your promotional materials, you know, include things like make sure you bring... Pr- Let's try this again. Make sure you bring plenty of your business cards because you never know who you could meet. I mean, that right. sentence right there makes it, you know, it gives it a little bit of a business t- uh, flavor to it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So making sure that as we do things, we're always stopping to think about how can I make this mm-hmm. deductible more than is this deductible? Right. Because there's usually, not always, but usually a way you can do it if you structure it correctly. Right. And if you're willing to do that, go that little extra mile mm-hmm. of making sure that you've dotted those I's and crossed those T's, then we have a nice little deduction there. Right. You know, and, and you've mentioned several times, you know, that we, we have to keep good records. You know, whether it's, you know, our receipts, whether we're having an event, all these various things. Because audits do happen. I mean, you know, not, and I love the fact that in your book you talk about they're not nearly as common as we all think, which is good. You know, still one in, what, one in a hundred. So that's Something still, like that, yeah. yeah. But, you know, if you have your ducks in a row, it's going to go much better. You know, and, and I mean, it, it's funny because the what we think about with IRS is what we've seen on TV, you know, that they're going to get us. That, no, you know, they they really want to be as, as, as fair about it as possible. Right, right. And in the book, I talk about being so scared of the IRS mm-hmm. that you're just paranoid and so you're right. not going to try anything. Mm-hmm. I always... I kind of chuckle to myself, never out loud, but a client will get a notice of some sort to the IRS and let's pretend this is a tax notice. They come walking in and they've got it by just the yeah. corner because they don't want to touch it. Right. And they just drop it on the front desk and it's like, okay, I've done my duty. I've given it to Diane. I'm out of here. Yes. <laughs> she can so, deal with it. <laughs> yep. And so um, it's good to have a a respect for the IRS, mm-hmm. but we don't need to be fearful and scared right. as long as we have good records mm-hmm. and we're not trying to pull anything that isn't um, deductible or isn't allowed mm-hmm. by the IRS. As long as mm-hmm. we follow their rules mm-hmm. and keep good records, we're in relatively good shape. Even if we are selected for an audit, mm-hmm. we've got our records, we've got our stuff, and mm-hmm. you know we don't have to have live in extreme fear mm-hmm. right now. Right. Now, I did have to chuckle, Diane, when you pointed out the fact that, you know, an activity like, say, a bookie, (laughs) that's not (laughs) legal. But, you know, if you're paying your taxes, (laughs) that that might be okay. (laughs) Well, that all income is taxable, whether it's legal or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the the bookie, you know, the whoever they pay their taxes, Yeah, okay. Now they might be arrested for something else. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and two, you'll hear me say a lot as I'm doing interviews or as I'm handling um, seminars and conferences and things like that, I always say we all have to pay our fair share of tax, mm-hmm. but there's nothing in the IRS code anywhere that says we have to leave them a big tip. Right. And right. most people are leaving them large mm-hmm. tips, not mm-hmm. even realizing that they're right. doing that. Right. And they'd be mortified if they knew mm-hmm. how big that tip was. Yeah. Well, and if we do it right, we shouldn't owe or get back. I mean, you know, it should be it should be a zero sum. It should, um, you know, and because you know, and I love the people, and you know, we do this on occasion too, where we're waiting for our IRS refund, mm-hmm. you know, of of whatever amount. Okay, it should have been in our pocket to start with. I mean, you know, and 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 loaning the government our money is not exactly the the best per, uh, thing that we should be doing. Right, right. Yes. I, years not, ago. They're not the best financial advisors out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I, this was before I was married. And so, you know, I, I filed taxes on the, the easy form, you know, and all of those various things. So this was many years ago. I got a, a tax refund of a dollar. 
wow. <laughs> and, and I thought, you know what? That really is the way you're supposed to be doing it. Now, I was a student and, you know, all sorts of things. But yeah, it was, I got a dollar back. And now I never cashed it um, just because I thought it was pretty funny that I got a dollar refund. But I mean, that really is the way we're supposed to be doing it. You know, we're yeah. supposed to be keeping as much as we are legally allowed to do. Right. Um, and then that's the term is legally allowed. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that's the one thing, I mean, that, that bothers me when I have businesses that want to do a cash transaction. Now, I, I'm not talking about, hey, you've walked in McDonald's and you're giving them cash. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, say, you know, you, you have somebody who's done some work on your house and he says, well, here's the invoice. Or if you write me a check, I'll knock $100 off. You know, and I'm like, that just always makes me feel squeam, but I, yeah, I take the cheaper one. <laughs> but I know what they're doing. I mean, you know, right. they're, they're not reporting everything. What they're not realizing is the IRS has all these standards out there mm -hmm. and they know that a business in your particular area mm -hmm. doing your, you know, size of stuff should right. have X amount of dollars in revenue, X amount of dollars in profit. Mm -hmm. They've got it so dialed down. Yep that they know when you're doing things like that. And periodically they go after industries or businesses that are heavy in the cash side, but mm -hmm. they'll also come over and they'll look at those who don't normally get cash, mm -hmm. but they're not fitting into the, the box, if mm -hmm. you want to call it, because they've been skimming off the top right. and right. hanging under the table and those mm -hmm. types of things. Right. And you know, we can certainly get cash, you know, and, and, but the important thing is to record it. Um, you know, my, I have clients that pay me, they pay me with checks. Um, but you know, I've, I've also had some, like when I've given seminars, I mean, people are giving me cash. That's great. As long as I record all of it. Right. Right. Yes. And that's part of keeping that fear of the IRS at bay. Mm -hmm. If we're doing it the right way, mm -hmm. we're recording all of our sales, right. we're recording all of our expenses. You know, we've, We've set ourselves up to take advantage of mm -hmm. what the tax code has to offer mm -hmm. us. Then there's no fear out there. But if you're skimming off the top and you're not doing the things, then yes, there is mm -hmm. some fear. Right. Because sooner or later, you're going to get busted. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and yeah, we can only be lucky, lucky for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh right. my gosh, Diane, time has just really been flying. This is, has been so much fun. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, at the end, we'll give people a chance to, to get your contact information because there really is so much more to discuss. I mean, you know, we've just barely scratched the surface on any of this. Um, but, you know, there, there are some other things like, you know, it, it, that I, I wanted to talk about. And some of it gets very complicated because, you know, we're, we're a small business, small business. You know, I love it when they say small business can earn up to what, 50 million a year or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, most of us aren't there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, there needs to be a small business and an extra small business or, you know, things like that. Um, but for many people, we're just, you know, scratching by. And so we're not thinking about a lot of these things and we should be, you know, that's, that's the, the important thing. Paying yourself medical costs, you know, do you have, you know, setting up retirement plans, all of these various things. So what do you tell the people who are saying, you know, Diane, I'm just making just enough to get by. I, I can't do anything extra. That's always a tough spot for me mm -hmm. as a consultant because they really can't afford to have somebody come alongside them and help <laughs> I can't even hire you. <laughs> yeah, they can't afford to hire me. So then I say, you know, do something like read the book, mm -hmm. listen 
the mm-hmm. podcast interviews, pick mm-hmm. up some of those nuggets yourself that you can start implementing until they get to the point where they can't afford to right. come in and have a coach or a mm-hmm. consultant walk them through, help implement for them, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Because it's hard. I remember those days myself. Right. And it's hard. There isn't an extra dollar to go anywhere. No, no. So, yeah. But, you know, it, it, we were chatting before the program, and one of the things that, that you also offer, you know, we've been talking about taxes and things, is how to increase profit. Um, you know, and so to kind of tie it all together because, you know, we, we pay more taxes because we've made more money. <laughs> right. And look, look, I have a sound effect. Cool. I love it when I get to do my sound effect. But, you know, it is something that, that you offer. And we didn't, like I said, we didn't even have a chance to talk about that. Yeah, I'll have to come back and talk about profit planning. Yes. Because yes. in addition to a certified tax coach, I'm a certified profit planner. Right. You know, so, and that's one of those things people really don't think about. Not at um, all. You know, and, and, and I'll be honest, put my hand up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it, that is the hard part because we're just grinding along. You know, we're trying to get through our days and we never really stop to think, are we charging right? Um, are we are we watching our costs? Um, you know, it's, it's always funny when I start looking through my books, I'm like, wait a minute, what did I pay for what? You know, and then um, I had a guest on one time that said, go through and figure out all of your monthly things that you pay, you know, your, your monthly subscriptions. Yes. Right. And you're thinking, okay, well it's eight 99. Okay. You've got five of those over the course of 12 months that starts adding up. Yes. And how many programs and stuff have we bought and never broke the seal on them? Oh, I know. Guilty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah. and yeah, or or bought that cool toy, you know, not toy, that cool Tool. new business thing. I mean, I've, I have boxes here that, yes. you know, it was like, oh my gosh, I absolutely have to need that. That's going to come in so handy. And what was in that box again? <laughs> yeah. You got busy and didn't come back and get it. Yeah. yeah. So we do, in, in the profit planning world, we do a lot of digging into that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a lot of digging into your your employees, your staff. Mm-hmm. Are they pulling their fair share of the weight? Right. Are they out there taking a siesta in a shady spot because mm-hmm. they're out in a truck and you can't see them? You right. know, right? Some of those kinds of things mm-hmm. can be huge on your bottom line. Well, and you know, one of the the big ones, especially for people just starting out, is you know, or actually, they, they probably wouldn't be just starting out. It'd be kind of this this transition, employees or consultants. You know, what is, what is better? And obviously there's benefits to both. Mm-hmm. Right. And at the, at certain times, one makes better sense than another. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's just so much to mm-hmm. the whole financial picture mm-hmm. that it's, it's, that's why I like to do tax and profit planning together mm-hmm. because they cover both ends of the spectrum. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Because if you're doing one well, then the other one is done well also. Right, right. So as we're increasing the profit mm-hmm. on one side, we're helping you tax plan it on the other right. side. You know, and granted, you might be paying more in taxes, but that's okay because you're earning more. Right, right. And I say, congratulations, you're yeah. paying more, right. but your sales went up X mm-hmm. amount and your profit went up X right. amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's but a, you know, look how much more you were able to put into your your in, your, your retirement funds, you know, and all of those various all things. those things. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yep. Right. They all they all have a part in being a well balanced business. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Well, Diane, as I said, this really has been fascinating and, and time has just flown. Um, and I, I strongly encourage people to get your book. Um, you know, you, you do have multiple ones, but the, the most recent is 10 Most Expensive Tax Mistakes That Cost You Thousands. And really, I was looking through it going, um, yeah, guilty. You know, and, and so, and I like to think I'm a fairly smart person. <laughs> so, you know, it is one of those things that I think everybody would find something that they benefit from. Definitely. Yeah. There's a nugget in there for everybody. And that book is in the process right now of being completely updated for the new tax law. Okay. So you got a PDF copy without a, a cover on it. I know. It, you had this white cover page. I went, hmm. updated. <laughs> well, and of course that, that is the thing that is, is so beneficial is the fact that you do make updates. You know, we can go back through, we can buy these books and you know, we've, we've got all these books on our shelves behind us and all these things, but especially with tax code, if it's not updated, you know, it's, it's not that it's wrong, you know, because it's probably still at least got something that, you know, but, but we need to always make sure that we know the latest and greatest information. Right. Well, and with the overhaul, the tax code, we had to right. go back and rewrite several of our chapters. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because they were changed just a little bit from the way we used to do it. And so it made me sit down and reread my whole book yep. and make the tweaks that needed to be made. And so we should have a new shipment of those coming in here shortly. Great. And be ready to you know, give people the newest one. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to that, for your listeners today, um, they can find the books on my website. Mm -hmm. But we have a special little tax planning guide that we've put together. Oh, very cool. Basically compares the old tax code that mm -hmm. we're somewhat familiar with to the new. Mm -hmm. And so we've kind of put things side by side mm -hmm. so that you can see Here's what we're kind of used to, but here's how it is now. Right. Because we're thinking, wait that, a minute, I figured it out once. I got to do it again. Right. Yeah. So that seems to be going well with people because they're able to go, oh, that's why this happened. Mm -hmm. Or that's why my accountant said I can't do whatever. Right. So we are giving those away. Mm -hmm. um, if they'll just go to www.taxcoachforyou.com mm -hmm. forward slash the Business Power Hour. Cool. Perfect. And we'll be happy to get, send those out to everybody that does that. And then if they're interested in a book, they can just go to the www.taxcoachforyou.com. Mm -hmm. There's a tab that says books. And we give my books away. We just ask that they help with the shipping mm -hmm. um, for us to get them sent off to them and everything. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we're happy to give them away. Great. And share that information right. as much as we can mm -hmm. with people. Right. You know, and, and we mentioned the fact that just because you're in Idaho doesn't mean that people from around the, the United States and, and even around the world, you know, people who are doing business here in the United States, you know, there still might be things that they need to be doing too. Right. Yes. And, yeah. and they can pick up a lot of that from one of the books. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Great. We're happy to share knowledge. Perfect. Well, tell us again, Diane, how do they find you and connect with you? So www.taxcoachforyou.com, that's mm -hmm. the words tax coach, the number four, Y-O-U.com, forward slash business power hour, or if you're looking for a book, just taxcoachforyou.com. Perfect. I love it. Well, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Just remember, pay your fair share of tax and don't leave the IRS a big tip. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having an absolutely delightful time, amazingly, talking taxes with Diane Gardner. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. 
Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.